enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. geek. Hello and welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeky people from the Temple of Geek team. Thank you to all of our returning listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, my name is Monica. I am a cosplay photographer and writer for Temple of Geek. I also serve as the creative director for Temple of Geek, bringing you programming like the Temple of Geek podcast, where we discuss and celebrate fandoms and all things geek, as well as our web series on fangirl culture called Portrait of a Fangirl and on our geek fashion column known as Temple of Geek Chic. I will be your host tonight as we discuss a not-so-geeky topic today, healthy ways of dealing with the quarantine. With me today is special guest Liliana Roque. Liliana, thank you so much for coming on today. Can you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Liliana Roque. I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I'm actually the clinical director at a small nonprofit in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk to us and to our listeners today. Um, I want to start by saying that I want to add a little bit of a disclaimer that due to the unprecedented nature of the coronavirus outbreak, Many of what we discuss here today may change by the time that you are listening. Um, There's plenty of reasons to feel anxiety, whether it's from fear of losing your job or having lost your job due to the coronavirus, um, or even fear of becoming sick or worrying about our healthcare workers and essential workers. These are really anxious times. Uh, What coping mechanisms do you recommend for stress and anxiety? I think right now, you know, everyone is feeling a lot of stress and that's completely valid. But I do think that whenever we're dealing with unknown variables, it's important to focus on what's tangible, on the things that are actually within our control. Being productive and having some options or plans can help us feel a sense of control when we might feel somewhat helpless. And there is such a thing as uh, having too much information. When you find yourself, you know, going down that Twitter black hole of information, I recommend that you sort of step back and ask yourself, what are you looking for? And what do you hope to gain from the information that you're getting? Because without a specific purpose or reason, chances are you're just going to worry yourself. And you're sort of hoping to read something that'll make you feel better, but Unfortunately, that's just not often the case. And given the nature of how the media sensationalized uh, everything, um, it's unlikely that you're going to find the thing that you think will make you feel better. So it's important to sort of put down your phone, try to be present, and explore what you can do and be able to sort of channel your energy in a more productive manner. That um, I really like that you bring up the fact like, you know, you go through the Twitter black hole of information. One of the things that I found that was very triggering for me was I try to be as up to date and prepared as I can with news and things that are going on. And I do find myself that as I'm scrolling and just trying to, you know, stay aware of current events and things that are happening, I start to kind of freak out a little bit. Because it just, it's, it's overwhelming and it's so much. And something that you actually told me to do off screen 
is just kind of like, you know, be really focused about what I'm looking for. And so now something that I do is I only have the state of California governors, because that's my state, um, Twitter account on notifications. And I kind of just don't pay attention to anything else because that's where I can find today's most relevant information that I need to know for my area in my situation. Right. And I think it's really easy for things to get overwhelming when it's happening on such a large and in this case, a global scale. Um, And you get so much information that has so many variables and so many factors that have to do with so many things that, you know, what you're doing is smart and focusing on what's, you know, relevant to your day to day living, Um, because that's something that is, you know, within reason, within your control. what, uh, I guess, what can we do when the news is um, getting to us and starting to make us really stressed out or sad? Um, you know, what are things that we can tell ourselves to kind of get through it? It's hard to be positive when we, you know, when we're so overwhelmed with so much sad news. Right. I think that's a really, really, really good question. And it's super common for people to feel like when things are bad, you have to be positive. Um, And I'm not that kind of therapist. So I firmly believe that when people are struggling and going through a hard time, it's almost impossible to try to find the positive. Um, So I actually encourage looking for things that are more in that gray area, not so black and white, uh, things that are more in the neutral zone. So that means things that are more realistic and things that are factual. So uh, we're going through a global, uh, you know, uh, pandemic at the moment. Um, Are the chances that, you know, someone really close to us are going to get it? Possibly. But at this time, do we know someone has gotten it? And if depending on that answer, you know, you can sort of start to focus on what's realistic, what's factual and whether or not there's something you can actually do about that. Um, Does that sort of answer your question? Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So basically you're saying like, you know, at the moment I don't have anybody who's sick with COVID, so I shouldn't be stressing about what ifs. You know, it's more like deal with it when the time comes and try to like, you know, do whatever we can to prevent it. Um, And then if I do know somebody who has COVID-19, or is affected by it, then just kind of gather the information at that point as you go and what can we do to prevent further spread or, you know, what can we do, you know, for our family in that situation in that moment versus just what if my mom gets it, what if my dad gets it type of thing, right? Absolutely. Hit the nail on the, um, on the head. Okay. Um, what in that same kind of text, like what can we tell ourselves or what can we do If we're in a situation with friends and loved ones who are not taking this global pandemic as seriously as they should be, we have at least here in California, a lot of protests happening. We have churches and congregations that are still gathering. And, um, you know, we have people that, you know, are still going out despite the stay at home orders. Um, And it's very freaky, especially if you love, you know, your friends and your family and you want them to stay safe. You know, what do we do at that point when we're dealing with situations like that? Um, I think 
you're coming from a really empathetic place, and I think a lot of people can uh, relate, where you just want to make sure that everyone's okay. Um, so it's a little bit scary when people are doing things that feel risky or, or putting themselves in situations where they're not safe. So I think, unfortunately, the best that we can do is focus on the things that we do have the control over. Everyone, for better or for worse, has their own autonomy. They have their own agency. So it is up to them to decide what is right for them. And that's really scary when we're in this sort of um, atmosphere. But again, there's only so much that's within our control. And at this time, it's probably the only thing that we can take comfort in. And so, you know, for people who are, you know, I guess they can be dealing with a lot of anger about what's happening from anything from canceled events, canceled life plans, people hoarding, panic buying, or even, you know, still hitting the beaches and public places despite these stay-at-home orders. There's plenty to be angry about, and it seems understandable to be angry about a lot of this. How can we deal with our anger? I mean, I think it's completely uh, reasonable to be upset and to be angry because, you know, people are losing their graduations, people are losing their proms, people are losing their weddings, and they have, you know, out of the blue had to, you know, make some really, really yeah. hard decisions, and and that's, that's infuriating, and like you said, there's people being out there being unsafe, and that's also infuriating because it's scary. Um, I think everyone has the right to be upset. Uh, ups being mad, though, it it's completely natural emotion. But when it starts to sort of impair our functioning, that's probably when we've gone too far with it. Um, when we're going to the point that we're not coming out of that dark place. Um, right? So anger is a normal emotion. And with everything that's going on, uh, rightfully so, everyone should be angry and upset. You know, kids are losing their proms, kids are losing their graduations, not just from high school, but college. And these are pivotal moments in our life. People have been, you know, saving and planning for their dream weddings. And all of a sudden, those things have to change for these things that are just super out of our control and a scary reason that's outside of our control. So uh, rightfully so, a lot of people are upset and anger is a normal emotion. It becomes an issue when it impacts our functioning or our behavior. Um, so if we are unable to get through our day or if we're just in this super dark place, um, you know, again, it's okay to be upset, but it's not okay to be a jerk because you're upset. Just like with stress and anxiety, focusing on the things that are actually within our control can help and deal with the anger. Being productive and having options and plans can help us feel a sense of control when we're frustrated. Um, as far as the hoarding, panic buying, I sort of believe that that's rooted in fear. And unfortunately, in some cases, greed. When we're faced with the unknown, it's easy to panic and prepare for the worst. Um, people are probably panic buying or hoarding out of fear of the what ifs. So rather than what's factual or most likely actually, actually uh, likely to happen. Uh, there's something sort of primal about, you know, the essentials, the people that people feel like they can't live without, toilet paper being one of them, right? <laughs> I've spoken to some people who genuinely believe that the National Guard is going to be in our streets in every city and that they won't be able to buy toilet paper. 
so that they have to have some more than they usually would need just in case. Um, then there are others who are generally more rational but are spooked by the extremists and wind up going a little extreme themselves by buying in excess because, quote unquote, other people are crazy. Um, but the fact is that there is no shortage of supplies, at least not at this time. Um, there's no need to hoard, hoard supplies, excuse me. The fact is that as far as anyone can say, no one will be prevented from engaging in any shoppings or necessary outings. Unfortunately, no, we can't have weddings right now. And that's devastating. Funerals, people who are passing, you know, that they're not, they're not having regular funerals. That's devastating. Um, but generally speaking, I'm going to have to say that reasonable and practical measures should be implemented. And that should provide the best chances for us to stay emotionally healthy. Um, and yeah, just giving yourself a little bit of time to be upset for the things that you're losing, to be sad for the things that we don't have that we normally would. And just being able to sort of check and balance, have some checks and balances, I should say. Absolutely. So like what you're saying, you know, like, yes, there's no bright side to your wedding being canceled. There's no bright side to, you know, not being able to attend a loved one's funeral because, you know, of this pandemic. There's it's very hard to be positive and it's easy to be angry about it. And so what you're saying is, you know, yes, go ahead, be angry, but give yourself so much time to be angry and don't let it affect how you treat others. Don't let it, you know, don't let that anger, you know, be unleashed on the people that are close to you. And, you know, in some cases in your own home or even on the Internet, I would imagine, you know, because Twitter or social media is so easy for somebody to just, you know, vent their aggression and their anger, you know. So so what you're saying is kind of, you know, don't be a jerk to other people. It's okay to be angry, but you have to find a way to get out of that dark space. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, like what you were saying about hoarding and panic buying, you know, it, it comes from fear, obviously, like, and if you've told me before, anger usually comes with attached to another emotion. So the panic buying could come from fear of the unknown, fear of not knowing when your next paycheck is going to be. So you're stocking up extra or just, you know, you're scared of other people who are hoarding and acting crazy and you won't be left with anything. And so then you start to kind of like, you know, unintentionally start to like hoard when you shouldn't be. Exactly. I, that that makes sense. Um, some people are lucky enough to be housed um, and in quarantine with their loved ones, and others may not be may be completely alone during this time. How do we um, deal with loneliness and being alone during this quarantine? Um, that's actually kind of a tough one, I think, um, because everyone has such different needs. And I think that uh, in this particular atmosphere, uh, it's hard to figure out what our needs are, because what we would normally need to be okay might not be applicable to, you know, us at this time. Um, so someone who, you know, is usually like, social and able to go out and able to have, you know, hobbies that require them leaving the house and they're not able to do that. Like they might genuinely be struggling right now. Um, and there might be other people who 
maybe don't need those things. Um, but they're stuck at home uh, with excessive family or they don't have any private space. And, you know, even though they're in a crowded house, they feel very alone, right? So there's sort of a difference between being lonely and being alone. Um, so it's super important to be able to decipher uh, what you're feeling and hopefully be able to decipher what it is that you need. Um, lonely and alone are very different concepts. Whether we are with our families or whether we live alone, a person can feel lonely and that works you know, in both directions. A person who lives alone could not be lonely at all. And it's important to be able to figure out what you need to be okay and allow yourself to figure out what that looks like for you. Because right now, what we normally need to be okay might not be applicable, or if it is applicable, it just isn't feasible. So social and physical distancing aside, when too many of our outlets are dependent on, uh, are depending on or requiring other people, we sort of make ourselves more susceptible to feeling lonely or alone when those things aren't available. Uh, I know you and I have talked about at length, right? The importance of having a combination um, of outlets to be able to combat our loneliness, our stress, our anxiety, whatever emotions it is that, you know, we're trying to resolve. Um, so that looks like healthy distractions, things that you could do um, uh, alone on a Tuesday night or, you know, early on a Saturday morning. Um, being able to identify when you need to talk to somebody, who's your core support system, who can you reach out to, whether it's to have a deep and meaningful conversation or whether it's just a sort of chit chat and have a, you know, a Zoom date with. And it might, this might actually be the ideal time to start reaching out to people and catching up. If not for you, maybe for everyone else, you know, making sure that they are okay. Uh, a lot of times when we take the focus off of ourselves in a healthy way, of course, um, it actually helps us uh, to, feel better because we're helping other people. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you had taught me uh, long ago was, you know, when you're having these feelings of loneliness and, you know, kind of like feeling like, you know, for me as an extrovert, being in my home has been very difficult for me being around, you know, not having large groups of people to be around. And I know that in our geek community, in our cosplay communities, um, the closing of comic cons and things like that have been pretty devastating for us because that is where our social engagement comes from. That is where our feelings of community and togetherness comes from for a lot of us. Um, so not having that has been really difficult. And one thing that you taught me was to keep my hands busy because the busier that my hands are, you know, the less I'm stressing, less I'm going through um, my phone and the less I'm just kind of like dwelling on the fact. Because um, especially with conventions where every week we're finding out, okay, well, this one was canceled and this one was closed. And, and so it's like this piling on of news, even though most of it, it was expected and we knew it's just like harder when it's, you get that confirmation. And so one thing that you, taught me was to keep my hands busy and for me that had been gardening and digging and also scrubbing my walls for some reason that really helps me kind of alleviate stress um, <laughs> well yeah but, and that actually oh, I'm sorry please continue yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah so that comes uh from the logic that 
when we complete something, it creates feelings of satisfaction. And those feelings of satisfaction actively change our mood. So um, when we are down or not feeling up to doing anything and we don't do anything, our mood stays there. But when we actually focus on our mood and uh, are doing things that create feelings of satisfaction, you know, that actually helps better our mood. Um, so TV, video games, all those things are wonderful ways to pass the time. But, you know, bring out an adult, an adult coloring book and some color pencils while you're watching the movie. And that mere act of sort of starting and finishing something genuinely helps improve our mood. Um, I should throw up the disclaimer right now that because of the unprecedented times that we're in, sometimes we need to not focus on being super productive and allow ourselves to be a little bit lazy. Like if that's what you need, that's okay too. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people like like um, kind of taking this as like, oh, this is extra credit time. This is like your time to launch your small business or this is your time to do all the things that you couldn't do before because you didn't have time for and I feel like that kind of pressure for me, and I'm not speaking for everybody because that's good for a lot of people, obviously, but for me, it seems like actually more pressure and more overwhelming because I'm dealing with like a global pandemic. I don't have time to like sort out enough feelings or energy towards like, you know, starting a new blog or starting a new, you know, podcast or something like that, a new project. Right, because you weren't just gifted the gift of time, you know, our our families are all home with us and suddenly we have to tutor our kids. And I don't know about you, but we spent a couple time a couple hours not too long ago Googling Common Core math because that's not how we did math when I grew up, you know? Um, and along the same lines, you know, even myself thinking, oh, maybe if I have some downtime, I'll be able to get ahead on the, that reading and those trainings I've been trying to do. And then it's like, oh, pump the brakes. There's a seven-year-old at home who now I have to sit with and do all of her schoolwork with as if she were in school. We are, we can be, as parents, uh, or just grown-ups in general, very unforgiving of those facts and put a lot of pressure on ourselves to just do more. Um, and I just think it's important to keep things in context and be, you know, factual and realistic. Absolutely. What I have found from homeschooling is that I have two sons at home with, who are both uh, diagnosed with ADHD. And um, this has been really hard because they have lost their routine and their structure. That's really important to them to kind of keep them focused. And so we've had to try to like start a new homeschool schedule that was very hard to adjust to at first. They've kind of come around on it. But it does, you mentioned earlier, um, having like these feelings of satisfaction from just like completing something. And one of the things that we've done is we wrote out our schedule and put it on the fridge, which is for us, I mean, we don't get up till late. We get up at 9 a.m. and then 10 a.m. chores, 11 o'clock, we do like a light workout. And then we don't start actually homeschooling until 12. And we do one hour of study with breaks like a 30 minute break in between because my kids can't sit there for that long and they get frustrated and going from one subject to the next, you know, continuously is not something that they can do. But every time we finish like an hour of study, um, it feels good. Like, okay, cool. Now we get like 
the treat of a recess or whatever, you know? And, um, that, but by the time we're done with that, it's like the whole day has gone by and I have absolutely no time for anything else, let alone cooking and cleaning and just regular everyday life stuff. And, but it is nice to kind of be like, okay, well, we're done with this. Okay. Well now we're done with this. And so it keeps us structured, but gives us like a feeling like, oh, well, we did something today. Right. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Routine is so key, you know, getting up every day, even if you're not, you know, getting ready as if you're going out the door, but getting ready to start your day is a very psychological and emotional part of uh, getting things done, right? Um, everyone's routine is going to look different. What works for one family is going to be vastly different than, you know, somebody else's. And it is a lot of trial and error. Um, but what that routine does, especially, I like how you said that you put it up on the fridge, right? It's like, this is, this is the plan, right? It's tangible. It's something that you can see. It's not this, um, abstract thing that you're sort of just winging. Um, so yeah, those things, that routine and accomplishing those things, even if it is schoolwork, creates feelings of satisfaction. Right. And I know that there's a lot of um, people out there right now, like who are homeschooling their kids who kind of um, have this thing like where they want to be super moms or super dads. And they want to just kind of like do the best and are struggling because like, you know, they have the best intentions. They want the best for their kids and they're trying their hardest, but it's backfiring on them or it's not going as smoothly. And when we see on social media, other people posting pictures of, you know, how great their kids are being or how great they are at all these activities that they're doing, it can be very overwhelming because, you know, uh, you know, some people are teachers who have kids and their teaching skills will go into that, but the rest of us didn't, you know, we didn't study to be teachers. We don't know common core math. We don't know these things. And so it's very hard and overwhelming. And so, um, you know, what kind of advice would you tell those parents as far as like, you know, how they're feeling or maybe the parent, the, who might be comparing themselves to other people? Um, two things sort of come to mind. One is that um, the best thing that we can be for our kids is happy. So if we are trying so hard for something that just isn't working, we're going to be in a terrible mood and it's really going to just affect everyone else's mood and the entire process. So we genuinely have to focus on figuring out the best way that things work for us individually and as a household or as a family. Um, that's super important. The other thing that sort of comes to mind is once a few years ago, I had a client who she was a mom really hard on herself. And she was going on about how she just, you know, wants so badly to be this Pinterest mom. And she's like, but you know what? I'm an Amazon mom. I don't know how to make the costume, but I will order one on Amazon. And I turned and, you know, said, and that's fantastic because that's efficient because that costume will be there in two days instead of you slaving over you know, a sewing machine that you haven't mastered and it taking, you know, the better part of what days, weeks, and maybe still not coming out best. Um, if that's what's working for your family, then that's exactly what you need to do. And, you know, I'll be the first to, to uh, declare, I'm also an Amazon mom and I'm proud to be that. I think social media can get very jonesy, right? Trying to keep up with everyone and appearances and, at the end of the day, 
you know, it, it really just comes down to what works for you and your family to be okay. What works for you guys to be happy and healthy. And again, that, that goes back to that original topic that we were talking about where sometimes it means putting your phone down. Sometimes it means just being present. And I think that it really does make a difference. And so for people who don't have families, for example, and are just kind of maybe either on their own by themselves or who are in a crowded home with like maybe roommates or personal lack of space or things like that, um, you know, what, how can they cope during this time? Because like you said, watching TV and, you know, kind of like binging stuff up is a great way to pass the time, but how can they kind of create a routine for themselves or, you know, cope with, you know, when they're just dealing with themselves personally? Um, I've actually talked to a few people uh, in this last week who are at home with their families and they normally wouldn't be, and they feel like they don't have their own personal space. You know, their families don't want all the kids locked up in the room and they want to be together. But so you're sort of forced to, be around each other all the time so we sort of talk through those things and almost everyone we sort of agreed that uh what was working not I'm sorry let me restate that what they sort of realized was that um being able to do something for themselves in that environment really helped so while they were watching tv uh I have I spoke with one person who was taking up cross-stitching another one would just sit there and color with her daughters uh while they were watching the movies right um, someone's husband wanted to play video games, but he was able to find a game that he could play on his computer, you know, while the girls were coloring, while they were all watching a movie. So um, it's really trying to find a way to make whatever situation that you're going through, make it a little bit more tolerable and a little bit more um, catered, I guess, to, to what it is that you need. Absolutely. Um... Is there, do you have any other tips or advice that you want to give to people who are dealing with uh, this global pandemic? Um, be kind. <laughs> I think during these times, it's super easy to get really judgy. It's super uh, easy to start comparing. It's, it's so important to be kind. And it's so important to um, just figure out what's make what what you need to be okay. I think being able to do that now more than ever uh, will help get through this as well as, you know, whatever things come up in the future. Thank you so much for that advice. Being kind is, I feel like, exactly what everybody needs. And also not just kind to others, but like kind to yourself, you know? Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about this. I feel like it's really important information and I'm so glad that our listeners have, you know, had the chance to listen to you and, and to, you know, hear the advice that you've been given. So thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me. All right. This is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple Geek Podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in today and especially our guest, Liliana Roque for being here with us today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com? There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. 
please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.